Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek-related. I am Trey. And that must mean I'm Tim. We are back for a part two, and this time we're going across the Spider-Verse in this episode, because you know it's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or a ballet, I agree. If it's a car, a sword, a beach, or a tree, it's all. It's just all geek to me. Okay, Trey. Tim. I'm starting this off with a random question. If you had to pick a Spider-Man to be, what Spider-Man would you be and why? Oh. Well, mine's actually going to be very classic. I'm I'm the Peter Parker. You're the Peter or Parker. Actually, Peter Parker or Ben Riley. I do like the Ben Riley Spider-Man. That was fun. Um, uh, the Ben Riley in this movie wasn't the normal Ben Riley that I remember. Warning. Spoilers. Moving forward. Yes. Yeah, for Spider-Man across spoilers Spider-Verse. Across. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that wasn't a big a big spoiler. But no. from here, this point on, you've been warned. Spoilers ahead. I would probably say Peter Parker, like the original, mostly because I related to him a lot growing up. So yeah. I was that kind of dork. I was that kind of geek. I still mm-hmm. am a geek. <laughs> and I am very sciencey focused. Like that's all of my degrees have really been science. And at one point, like Peter Parker becomes a um, the owner of like this science research center in the comics and that was something that was so interesting to me i thought that was so cool and i just always related to the peter parker story yeah more than others mostly because of kind of his hobbies his themes like things like that um however i like them all i i don't think i've come across a single spider-man variant that i haven't enjoyed because they all still kind of revolve around the same themes which i just i love the themes of spider-man like the responsibility and things like that yeah so what about you honestly i don't know a ton of spider-man so i like i missed a lot i feel like i missed a lot of cameos that were in this movie i caught some um purely because of like the games and stuff um but i'd probably also go peter parker um i would love to say miles because miles is such a fun character and such a cool character but i feel like i don't relate to him quite enough um purely because of just my background um, Fair. like yeah i'm just gonna leave that there <laughs> um, <laughs> uh but i also grew up on peter parker like i grew up on peter parker like toby mcguire peter parker andrew garfield peter parker now tom holland peter parker not to mention countless games like i remember playing spider-man th- the game on my gamecube um which was playing toby mcguire's movie but they added in the vulture in there too. Yeah. So like you like you started off with like the cage match like wrestling thing, and then you like 
had to hunt down the vulture had to do you know i think shocker was in there too or something so it's like all the different you know random villains and so like, i remember playing yeah. that spider-man game you know and having all the different combos you had to do um but it was so fun like it was, i so i remember doing all of that um yeah. so i'd probably say also peter parker yeah and if i had to be more specific i'd probably say the insomniac spider-man i okay. think he's been one of my favorite renditions and i would even argue that that first spider-man game with peter parker um is probably one of my favorite adaptations of a spider-man kind of comic like it's its own original thing but it's yeah. my favorite adaptation of spider-man i think it beats out a lot of my favorite comic book series of him mm. because it it's just the essence of spider-man yeah i think that whole they do game it so well is, in the game. just everything yeah so but let's let's not talk about insomniac spider-man because <laughs> he only had a very very brief cameo in this movie but he was in it he was in it yeah very briefly more than just his so, suit, like in the last movie. <laughs> so let's talk about Across the Spider-Verse. So spoilers for this movie. This just came out this weekend. Uh, you and I are very fresh on seeing this movie. We both saw it yesterday. We both saw it yesterday at the time of the recording. And dang, it was good. It was so yeah. good. Um, just like we did for Into the Spider-Verse, I want to give a very general plot. Uh, no spoilers in this plot kind of detail, just what the movie's about. Picks up right after the first one. We got Miles Morales. Like a year later. He is trying to... Yeah, a year later. Um, just still so close, is, like so fresh. He's learning to be Spider-Man. He's trying to figure things out. He's enjoying it. He doesn't have a quite a good balance of life yet. Not quite yet. Uh, life versus Spider-Man-y things. And things come to head when an old foe that he doesn't remember uh which well, honestly old took me a while to remember who this is old new foe yeah old new foe because it's like uh, it's a new guy it's a new enemy that he's not ever fought before wait but wait. he's someone he came across like if you watch the first movie yes yes he's come across him but he wasn't a bad guy then yet he was no. just so scientist at the wrong place at the wrong time so in the first movie where if you listen to our last podcast um one of my favorite scenes in the first movie is miles throws a bagel and on the screen in the comic book like words goes bagel when it hits this scientist <laughs> it's so funny well apparently that started him on this villain trajectory, villain trajectory because the guy who got the guy who got hit by the bagel became the spot and basically he fights him and you come to find out that spot can travel the multiverse and that initiates some shenanigans with all of these different variants of the Spider-Man and miles ends up traveling the multiverse. So unlike the, the first movie where variants came to him and we only got to see the variants and their style on them, we actually got to see styles of other universes in this one, which, Oh man, I'm just going to jump into it. Like I was going to do, do a little comment and then let you continue, but I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> the animation in the first movie, which I talked about in the first movie and I had the same reaction was amazing. The animation in the first movie was top notch, beautiful, la da 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 da. I go watch part one to hear my thoughts. But in this movie, they took what was amazing from the first movie in anima animation and dialed it up to like 
30 million. Like, holy crap. The differences in all the different universes and the different art styles in said universes is beautiful. Like, we talked about this in the, f- the first part, but like, it's, um, Miles's universe is all kind of that like pop art, classic comic book-esque, dotty, has dots and stuff, but like looks really clean animation style. This movie starts off in Gwen's universe, in Spider-Gwen's. Which is like watercolor. Yeah, it's pastels and watercolors. Yeah. And something I loved about it was depending on the emotions of the people in the room, the colors changed. So like there's moments where she's like arguing with her dad and it's like dark colors, you know, like magentas, blues, and those yeah. watercolor. And then as soon as like they finish the argument and he's like, are you still too, are you too old or too punk rock to hug your dad? And she like gives him a big old bear hug. All of the colors go like pinks and hues of red and orange and like hopeful colors. And it's just so beautiful the way those change and are just seamless. And it's just like, and even if you notice like they're as a person solid, but the backgrounds are like you said, watery and like even running a little bit in the background. And it's just so beautiful. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. And then like and all these different universes have drastically different art styles and are all distinct in their own way. And I could sit here for 40 minutes detailing each one, but I'm not going to. <laughs> They're just so good. They're so good. I really like the Da Vinci one. The which one? I thought the Da Vinci oh, universe. Yeah. So at the very beginning, the vulture from the Da Vinci universe comes and he's paper like it's like the the style that Da Vinci drew for all of his inventions, mm-hmm. but a whole universe in that style. Yeah. And so you got to see a glimpse of that and thought I thought that was so cool. But I will say I am happy that this movie got delayed. Yes. So I don't know if you realize it did or not. I didn't, but I'm happy that it did because they ki- killed it. They hit it out of the park. It was supposed to be... I think six months ago that we were supposed to get this movie. I think it was oh, like December. Okay. I thought I think it was supposed to be like a yeah Christmas. November December. It got pushed back to June, and we're like, you know what? If that is what we needed to get a movie like this, I'm okay with it. Delay the other one. Delay do what you got to do. The third one also got delayed, but from this point, from the time this movie released, the third one is less than a year away. Yeah, it's like March. So it's March. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm happy it got delayed. If if the next one needs to be delayed, delay it. Like do yeah, it. Yeah, and I get why because of, like, you know how hard it is to see like seamlessly merge animation styles and like make it look clean and good. Like take all the time you need because this movie is just visually stunning. Like both of them are, and I want the third one to even like take it to a whole nother level again. And yeah, like oh. Oh, I could sit here for so long. Yeah. And I I think I want to talk a little bit about the villain because this movie had a very weird way of showing you who the villain is. Yeah. Cuz we we talked about Spot. So this this character who got hit by the bagel in the first movie <laughs> got th- like basically the collider broke, exploded, he was in it. He can now travel. And he's like, no one wants me anymore. I look awful. Like, I have to go to crime. It's more of like, 
oh, look at me. Like, I have to do this. Oh, woe is me. Yeah. And then he's like, but Spider-Man did this. I'm going to show him. He probably remembers me. He's my nemesis. And they fight. Yeah. They fight. And Peter, or not Peter, but Miles is like, what? Like, who are you? I need to get somewhere. You're just the villain of the week. Yeah. And that term keeps coming up throughout this movie. The mm-hmm. villain of the week. And it just ticks him off. He's like, I'm not just any person. Yeah. I'm your nemesis. And it's one of those where really for the first half, even the whole movie, I would say, the spot really is not the main villain. He's more like, of like, a, like a cause. Yeah. You know, like like they jump different dimensions following the spot, but he's more of just the cause of like the reason why they're going places. You know? Yeah. He's like the MacGuffin of sorts. Yeah. But done well. Done like, very well. Like to where the first, like if you mo- don't realize it until about three fourths the way through the movie, then you're like, oh, or like, I'm not, I'm going to take that back. I don't think you realize that he's not really the villain until like the end of the movie. I would agree. Like it's because the end of the movie and you're like, oh, the spot is not the bad guy in this movie. And I, I think I talked to you briefly before you even went to see the movie. I felt this movie, I had no idea where it was going the whole time. Yeah. When you first watched this, it's like, oh, okay, you knew Spot was the villain because that's what the promotion material show, that's yeah. what they've said. Just, they did a great job. But like the first half, the first half you're like, this doesn't feel like the villain. Yeah. And you're like, but where are they going? I don't understand. Oh my gosh, this is weird. What's happening? And it, it was just so well done. And all the small details that they did, there wasn't one unnecessary thing in this. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of cameos. Yeah. But even those cameos, for the most part, had a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It's and so good. And with the spot, like you said, you didn't really realize he was the not the main villain until the end, because when you made it finally to Nueva York, which is Spider Man twenty ninety nine's um kind of universe, who is voiced by the good old Oscar Isaac. Okay, he did such a great job. Like we only saw him for the end credit scene in the in into the Spider Verse. But oh my, and he did a great job in that. But oh my gosh, he absolutely kills it in this movie. Like, yes, holy crap, he does a great job. He he is just one of the best antagonists. Because I can firmly say, spoilers, once again, I don't know why you would still be listening if you didn't want spoilers. But he is the antagonist of this movie. He does phenomenal. I would at, agree. He, he makes you feel so vulnerable of why he's doing what he's doing yeah at the same time being like there's something wrong about you yeah you're like i don't really like you because you're saying bad things but i get why you're saying these things exactly you know like oh it's so good and if you don't know spider-man 2099 story which honestly i don't really know his story so i felt like and I was going to say this later, but you're kind of introing it really well. I so I didn't don't know. I haven't read a lot of comics of Marvel side. I've read a lot more DC. Um, so I haven't read a lot of the Spider-Man comics. So I don't really know a lot of the variations of Spider-Man and the variants of him. 
So like I know of 2099, I've kind of seen a little bit of him, but I don't really know his story very much. And so I honestly felt a lot like Miles in this movie where like what Gwen's talking to him about all these different, oh yeah, I sometimes crash in this guy's dimension or, you know, this person or that, or, you know, this person, you know, she's mentioning all these other spider people and Miles is like, who, what? And I'm, I felt the same way. And so, but that was really cool for me because it honestly kind of bonded me to Miles a little bit. And I was like, dude, I feel you like this girl, like you've been missing, obsessing over, have a huge crush on one of your only friends that you can talk to about, about spider stuff. And like you have a, like I said, a huge crush on her. Like you're now you're hearing about this whole other life she has. And it's like, dude, I kind of bonded with him a little bit. And I was like, that's, that sucks. Like you hear yeah. about all these different things. You have no idea who all these guys are like, oh, and so it, that was really cool for me watching this movie. Sorry. Go back into the Spider-Man 29. You're all good. I love it. I love that. Especially I want to butcher his name. Daniel Kuaga or Kuaga. He's the, uh, the guy from Nope. He also played in Black Panther as the character who was um, kind of married to the one person, but then turned sides and ah, I can't think of his name. Oh, oh, oh um, I know who you're talking about the um, yeah, the Rhino writing peep guy. Get out. He was yeah, yeah, yeah was he yeah, the main yeah. character of Get Out? Um, I know who you're talking so about. So he he plays uh Spider Punk. Yes, I love Spider Punk. And so, Spider Punk is so cool in this movie. He's one of those like I don't play by the rules. Like I'm just here because I want to be here. Yeah. Like Hogan, I think his name was. Yeah. And he's such a good character, but like once again, every time you're like, "Oh, I'm crashing at Hogan." She's like, "Who who like, is who Hogan? Who the heck is Hogan, man? Like, come on." <laughs> and I also like I love Miles's response. He's like, "It's like sleepover?" Like what <laughs> he's like all insecure about it because he's like wait i thought we had something special like who's this other guy and it's like oh buddy like you don't want to know the answer to these questions <laughs> <laughs> but going back to miguel o'hara so spider-man 2099 who is arguably the villain of this movie he his character is so cool and nuanced and a lot so a lot of Spider-Man 2099, there's been a lot of stories kind of following the same theme of his, where it's, I'm protecting blank. You can't, like, you have to let this happen because I'm protecting blank. Um, If you think back on, I don't know if you ever played the game, but Edge of Time and Shattered Dimensions, Spider-Man? No. So Spider-Man Edge of Time and Shattered Dimensions is a multiversal game came out years ago it wasn't that good but the story was decent they were part one part two one was about them you played as three different spider-men so the original spider-man noir and you play as spider-man 2099 oh interesting and it's all about you getting back to your dimension and like working together it wasn't that good edge of time i thought was really like solid you only play as spider-man and spider-man 2099 and the idea is what you do as spider-man affects the future and so when you play as 299 what you did as spider-man changes the time oh that's and cool. so it changes things yeah and so one of the big themes in that is spider-man 2099 is trying to 
fix something or prevent something from happening. Uh-huh. And one of those things is I think Aunt May or Mary Jane has to die. And Peter's like, I'm not going to stand by and let them die. Mm-hmm. And so it's very similar and reminiscent to this yeah. movie. But there's not too many of those in the comic series. A lot of the comics is Spider-Man 299 coming to the present and getting stuck in the present. Uh, okay. Uh, but his origin is very much the same. A lot of it is it was either a lab accident or he injected himself with something, but now he has spider DNA. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't like a spider bit him or anything. And now he has about 50% spider DNA within his. And so oh. I don't know the full details. Like I don't read a lot of Spider-Man 2099. I just know the general stuff just reading casually. Yeah. But in the movie, he was injecting himself with stuff. Yeah. I was wondering if that was like something to like hold back the DNA or to like enhance it. That's what I'm thinking. So I was one or two things. I'm thinking it's his way of not allowing the full spider to take over. Yeah. Like a cure almost like, yeah. Like antidote. They, they talked about him having like vampire. vampire. Yeah. Never do I remember Spider-Man 2099 being a vampire. And so I think it's the spider esque. Like he uh-huh. has spider talons. Like that's normal. He's very brutal in the comics. He is, he has fangs um, like spiders. So I don't think it's a vampire. I think he's part spider. Like he's actually part. Yeah. Spider. Interesting. And so, a lot of those were the same from the the comics, which I appreciated. Yeah, and it's just brutality is like yeah, the dude's brutal. Oh, seriously, yeah, it's insane. Uh, but so, what what did you think? I'm talking a lot because man, I love this guy. No, you're good. What it's did all you good. think about him? I so like I said, like I didn't like really realize he was the antagonist until like after the movie and I started digesting it because you could all you could also I would say you could also argue that this movie didn't have an antagonist but I think the best equate to an antagonist is O'Hara like Spider-Man 2099 um because he's kind of that like trying to do good bad guy you know like or like he's a good guy trying to do good but he's just doing it a bad way um and like I'm kind of start stop dancing around the plot here basically there's like canon events that have to happen in every single spider-man spider-man's life like an uncle ben-esque character dying you know for miles that was uncle aaron for peter that was uncle ben uh for gwen that was her best friend peter um so like a best friend uncle someone dying in that regard and then a captain on the nypd police force dying that was that's close to spider-man like helping him and they even went even further by saying like helping a child getting saved from falling rubble or something like that and like yeah then they died which was so cool that they actually showed the original panels of the comics of yeah captain stacy saving someone and spider-man not being able to save them that was the actual like it's so from a cool. very famous comic line it was the panel. Like, it was yeah. the panel. And then you also had Andrew Garfield. I was just about to say, him. Andrew Garfield, his dying. And then it showed Tobey Maguire in there, too, with uh, Uncle Ben dying. Um, yep. And I was like, dude, like, that was great. Um, yeah, like, oh, it was so good. And so, 
because of like because of them chasing the spot which i think is more of a a a cause of events you know um they create a miles accidentally creates a an an uh, anomaly in um mombat like what is what is the name of the city oh it was like uh mombatton moon it was like hatton moonhatton Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Mumbai and Manhattan combined in this like Indian themed dimension, which was so which, once again cool. animation. The animation, animation was, was like hand drawn. Yeah, like hand drawn Indian style. And oh, it was. Which so do you know cool. who plays? Uh, who? Pavati? Who plays him? It's the guy from Deadpool who's in the taxi. No way. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, so like they end up, Miles ends up saving the child and the captain. Um, who happens to be uh, that dimension's girlfriend's dad, that Spider-Man's dimension's girlfriend's dad. And he cr- like starts, the universe starts crumbling down around it. Like it starts disintegrating pretty much. And so they start to try to save it. And you're, so you're like, okay, they're trying to do something good. They're trying to stop universes from disintegrating and yeah. bad things happening. But to do that, they're letting people die. And like letting deaths happen, which is like against like we kind of talked about this yesterday against what Spider-Man is for. Like Spider-Man is not just going to let somebody die, you know, when they when they can stop it. And so I just like it takes you a little bit to realize that um, Spider-Man 2099, my words just escaped me, um, is a bad guy because you're like he's trying to do something good. But even, he's letting people die to do it. <laughs> even when you saw him watching the screen of himself holding a child, you're like, I, I got it immediately. I was like, you tried. You tried to like put yourself in a different universe. Yeah, and it, it did not it work. It changed things and it, it affected it. And so I understand his motive and I understand you, you're trying not to let the web the Spider-Man web, which is an actual thing in the comics Mm -hmm. of like all these Spider-Man are connected from each other. And when one disintegrates, you're breaking part of that web. And if too many break, you can unravel the whole thing. Yeah. And I totally understand that. But I'm also like, I'm with miles where it's like, there has to be be a way way. Yeah. Do you think they're going to get into it in the third movie with the web unraveling? I don't know because the last time I like read a comic along these lines, it it does unravel, but they do find a way. But I forgot what it was because it I, I've never been very much into the Spider Verse comics. Mm-hmm. I've always been Peter Parker or the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. I haven't really read all of them, and some of them I know like they start combining universes. So, like I know secret wars is a whole one where like, oh. all these multiverses come together yeah, yeah, yeah. and some people stay, some people are gone and blah, blah, blah. But I've never really read anything like with Madam web mm-hmm. and like all this, which will be interesting because there is a Madam web, Madam web movie. movie coming out. Yeah. So I don't know if that's which has like spider woman, like four different spider people in it. So yeah, it's, it's like be Jessica Drew, yeah, and, uh, Madam Web, and things like that. Um, which I've never been a fan of Jessica Drew. Um, Jessica Drew in the comics was created just to have the Spider-Man, Spider-Woman IP, mm-hmm. just like She-Hulk. So basically, Marvel didn't want anyone creating a 
she hulk or spider woman after their original characters and so they're like okay we're going to do it first and they create a line that's kind of dumb it has no was that the lady with the bike motorcycle in this movie yeah that was jessica drew okay i like that version better because that is a very different version than the original comic yeah interesting but it will be interesting to see where all these Sony things take place and if we're going to get things merging together because we were in the Venom verse in this movie. I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't. Have you watched it. the Venom movies? I have. I watched the first one, but I okay. have not watched the second one. Well, then you probably should have caught it. Uh, when Spot pokes his head into different universes, he uh, catches a yes, the one lady at the register. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about. She's her. from the Venom. Yes, Venom verse. Oh man, it's just been so long since I saw that movie because it was n- not great. Uh, yeah, both <laughs> of them aren't the best. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I understand where Miguel O'Hara is kind of coming from with this all, but at the same time, you're like, I feel like as an audience member, you're like, I know this is wrong. I know like you need to save these people because even Jefferson Davis has such a good character arc from the first movie to the second movie as well. And you're like, you feel for him. Like yeah. you don't want him to die. Yeah. Like you like him as a character. You're like, don't die. You're being promoted as captain. <laughs> don't die. <laughs> and, and I think it also spoilers for insomniac Spider-Man. So for the video game PS4, please skip like two, three minutes. If you don't want to hear any spoilers. All right, I'm going to talk now. Um, In Insomniac Spider-Man, Jefferson Davis dies. Yeah, he does. Like, it is a canon event of these captains dying. And so even in these universes, it's happening. And so it makes me nervous for the next movie. Yeah, a part of me thinks he's going to die. I don't know. So I I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to go two different ways. Either they're going to go the route of um, all the webs untangling and he'll live. If that's the case, like he'll have him live um, or it's going to go the opposite route and he's going to die. And it's going to be almost like a miles versus everyone. Like miles gets supercharged because he's pissed yeah. type thing. And I'm like, I don't know which way I want it to go because both are going to be epic. So, oh yes, I'm, I'm so curious because there's so many directions they can go with this. Yeah. And right now, okay, it also ends on a cliffhanger. Like oh, my gosh. It to be continued. Yes. It ends, and I saw this coming. I I can't say I 100% knew this was happening, but so plot-wise, Miles is in Nueva York. He's like, I can't let you do this. He tries to escape. Uh, 2099 Spider-Man is like, everyone, capture him. He can't save his dad. And he finds a way to escape, but not before finding out that he was never supposed to be bitten. He was never supposed to be Spider-Man yeah. and he was never supposed to actually be here. He Which himself is an incursion. A crazy twist. It was like, I did not see that coming at all because I thought he was always a part of like, the 42 I thought was universe like dimension 42, you know, in the first, well, movie, that's the ultimate. And so I was the like, ultimate comic line is 42 is, is 42. And so 
even in the Insomniac Spider-Man, they still named it 42, but it was Experiment 42. Mm-hmm. So the spider has always been 42, but the meaning's always changed. Yeah. And so I was and like... I did not catch on. I did not catch it until Miguel O'Hara was like, you were never supposed to be Spider-Man. And even like, they, they say it in the beginning of the movie, when he's talking to Spot, Spot was like, yeah, I got your spider from a different dimension. That was through one of my tests. Like, and I labeled it dimension 42 and they say it right there when he gets like right before he gets bitten and yep. then you don't get it though like i didn't get it until miguel o'hara was like yeah you're that universe is missing a spider-man now because it was supposed to be that spider but you got bit instead and i was like what? and i think the other thing the other big one was you can't have more than two spider-man and so he's like because you were bitten the Spider-Man from your universe died, died and that's on you. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Oh, cause then once again, it starts making me think if they, if Sony is really trying to interconnect everything, what's going to happen in this new insomniac game? Yeah. Cause it's like, there so, can only be one Spider-Man. So I had that kind of in the back of my head as I was watching, just cause it's my favorite version of Spider-Man. But I mean, you predicted it a while. Like when we were talking about Spider-Man too, like you said, you think Peter's going to die. I do. I really do think because his story is almost up after the Venom line. So we'll see. That's a whole another episode of this podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll do a predictions episode. But when when it comes to this, after he escapes, I remember the thing saying going to Dimension 42. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Wait, wasn't the spider from that? And then I dismissed it. I was like, no, he, he's going back home. Everything looks the same. He's talking to his mom. And when things started not coming like full circle and he's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Who's Spider-Man? Like, I was like, wait a second. This is odd. This is weird. And then you find out that he's in the universe with no Spider-Man and that's where it ends. And I'm like, well, it's even further than that because it ends with him talking to himself who's the prowler in that dimension which is just yeah crazy i knew it actually i knew that he was in the wrong dimension from the, right from the get-go from the get-go i was that was one of those moments where i was extremely proud of myself because most of the time i miss it like not most of the time i usually get it like halfway it or i miss it completely like there's no in between except this time i got it right from the snap like he landed in the other dimension and i was like this is a different dimension. And I was watching it with my parents. My mom kind of looked over at me like I was crazy. Um, and the only reason I recognized it was because the art style was different. It's slight. It's a slight it. difference. But it's different. It's darker. it's darker and it's not the dots. It's like it's it's a different animation style. And so I was watching. I was like, that is not his animation style. That is not his universe. And then it would jump back and forth between Miles and that dimension where it was raining. And then the Gwen in in Miles' dimension and it was raining. And that's when I started even more confirming. Because I was like, the animation style is not distinctly, but it's different. And I was like, okay, he's in the dimension where the spider's from and not his. And so I was just waiting for the shoe to drop. And then when Uncle Aaron walked in, I was like, <gasps> I was right. Oh, yeah. Oh man. It, it was such a good plot twist. It makes you excited for Beyond yeah. the Spider-Verse. And 
I want to go one step further and say that this wasn't Miles. This wasn't a movie about Miles. No. This was cool. this was Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. I'm so glad we agreed that. Yeah, this was a Gwen Stacy yeah. movie because it opens with her and ends with her, and it, exactly. and it's all about how she's starting her own Spider Strike Force team thing. Um, it's it's all about this balance, duality, and rejecting your fate. And yeah. with uh, with Gwen Stacy specifically, you start with her. And how her her parents don't like her dad is kind of against her at that point. Like yeah. she's scared, she's afraid. She feels as if she has to be one or the other. She has no place to be. She finds herself within the Spire Society. She feels like this is her home. This is who she is. This is her fate. Yeah. And then by the end, you realize, or she realizes. I can still change. I can reject what they're telling me and I can be the responsible one and move forward. And I feel like that is such a cool kind of arc that she has. Yeah. Cause in the first movie, she didn't have a big arc. She didn't she have a there, big one. It was, was a little there. one. It was a little one that we kind of talked about like, like being okay with accepting friends again and all that. But this, yeah. I feel like takes that little arc expounds on it beautifully and then does everything you just said. Um, and I think also like a theme in this movie too that m- like Miles kind of goes through with his parents. The spot goes through with with Miles. And I'm going to say Gwen goes through with her dad as well, which is like being seen for who you are and being heard. Because like the whole movie starts off with like her dad not knowing that she's Spider-Woman and yeah. kind of goes through this whole process of once he finds out he like is a, like you said is against her. And then she finds people who, who she thinks sees her for who she is. But then by the end of the movie, she sees them for who they really are. And they and she's like, realized, like, I'm not like them. I'm different. And then her, she goes back home. Her dad finally sees her for who she is. And it's the way that Miles has always seen her. Um, and then Miles goes through it with his parents. He wants to leave home. He wants to go, you know, away for university, for college and but they're not they're still seeing him as their little boy you know they're you know you're my little baby boy like come on um and then he kind of goes through that process of like i messed up i need to fix that i need to be you know seen as who i actually am which is better than this um and then the spot is going through the same thing forgotten he is um a villain of the week you know quote unquote like we said earlier and then now he's finally, he's trying to be seen as this nemesis, this big villain that's going to take everything from Spider-Man. And so I just think it's cool that along with what you were saying, it's all connected with that too. Yeah. it. Man, I love all the themes here. And I would even, when Miles at the very end like chooses to tell his mom who he is or what he thinks is his mom, that was crushing. It's such, it was such a heart wrenching moment because you're like, you're doing it like you're, you're believing that they're going to be okay and that you're their yeah. parents and that they love you and, and you pour your heart out to realize, this isn't your mom. Yeah, this so, isn't your universe. I knew it. Too. And so he's it's gonna have to go through so that again. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And the question is, is he gonna deal through with it? One, his like, if they go the route of his dad dying, like, is it gonna be the moment his dad dies? 
and he's gonna be like taking the mask off like in front of his dying dad you know yeah. and just be like oh oh uh, yeah 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 it's if you if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet i don't know what you're doing but go watch this movie like i'm gonna go watch it again. i have to i'm i want to go see it tomorrow like yeah yeah like i want to go see it again like i'm trying to get my shift covered at work so i can go and see it tomorrow like yeah like it's <laughs> so so good and it's great and i feel like like we've only seen it once and we're already like noticing all these amazing themes and amazing like character arcs and like i think another character arc that i kind of just thought of as we were talking was also like a not not arc but like sub sub theme is also mentors you know like oh who yeah. you have as your mentor can affect who you are um because like who you become. and who you become because like there's the the miles had peter b parker right and that led him to be a great spider-man and then but he also had his dad of jefferson davis who led him to be a good man and like set him up to be a good Spider-Man. And then Peter B just kind of took that even further. And then you have Gwen who talks about how she saw her dad who mentored her unbeknowingly. Um, and like he, every time he put his badge on was a good cop and did it because he didn't want bad people to do it. And that made her want to be a good Spider-Man like that mentor role. And then she had uh, Jess or Jessica. What was the last name? Jessica Blair. Jessica Drew. Drew. Um, Jessica Drew mentor her as a spider person and like that even propelled her skills even more and like mentors and then you have the alternate uh, Miles Morales who in that universe Jefferson Davis already died and Aaron Davis lived and who does Miles become the prowler so his mentor drove him to crime and being that like villain character which I will say I knew that as soon as he was like trapped, I was, or as soon as Aaron Davis showed up, I was like, he's not the prowler. I, Miles is the prowler in this universe. I, didn't I thought that catch was really that cool until Miles knocked out Miles. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> when he got knocked out, I was like, that was the prowler, and I bet you it's Miles. <laughs> so, but I would go one step further with the mentorship. So I think the first movie had a really good theme of mentorship. I would agree, and. I think this movie established even more on it. Like it makes me look at the first movie in a different lens because it's not just about you become like your mentor. I think these movies show that it's also the other way around. Yeah. Where the mentee can also be helpful and change you mm-hmm. because with Peter B. Parker, like we said in the first part of this, he changed and became more of an innocent, like, in comparison to where he was. Yeah. Yet in this movie, we see that he even went further than that. And he's like, without miles, without him mentoring miles in that first movie, he would have never fixed his relationship. He would have never had, um, may, Mayday Parker. Yeah. Mayday Parker. Mayday Parker. Adorable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That baby was adorable and cute and like, so funny. (laughs) And yeah, I I think this mentorship theme goes both ways in both of these movies. Mm-hmm. And we see Peter B. Parker and I love it because we see him not a lot in this movie, but we see his love for Miles. Yeah. We see that he doesn't want 
to tell him some of these dark things about him because he he's protecting him. But then towards the end, we also see him being, oh, I taught him that. Yeah. Like, go do go do that. I I'm with you, even though I'm here. But I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I also love kind of going off of that, like all the other Spider Men are fighting Miles, are trying to stop him, and like physical force fighting him. But Peter B. Parker never once fought nope. Miles and like never chased him. Like the only time he like swung after him was like, Miles, I want to, I just want to talk. And then he'd go off to the side because he's like, I know he's going to go this way. So I'm just going to meet him over there. And like we'd just meet him there and yep. have a conversation. And then Miles would run away and he'd let him go. He's like, I'm not going to fight you, dude. Like you're like, you're like a kid to me. You're like, you're, you're my, and like that, my kid. And that is now where I get to my one complaint. There's one complaint I had on this movie. And my head canon, I'm hoping is true. Mm -hmm. And it fixes it. Yeah. And I've talked to you briefly about this. I did not agree that all these Spider-Men, Spider-Women, all these Spider-People would chase after Miles to stop him from saving someone. Even if they did not know who it was. I do not believe that the essence of Peter Parker and the essence of Spider-Man will let someone die. Wait, I again, my, my mind might be missing the detail. Did they actually say why? Like, did did uh, O'Hara, Spider-Man 29, tell every other Spider-Man why they were chasing him? He didn't tell. He didn't tell everyone, but I believe with them being there, they would already have known. Okay, because. Because they may not have known. Lot, it may have people, just been the inner circle. Well, the people that started surrounding him knew because he did mention, it's like, I cannot let you save your dad. Yeah. So that initial circle that had quite a few had spider Had quite people a bit, yeah. Would have known. And so I do think most of them chasing after would have known as well. But my headcanon is this. Miguel O'Hara from the first movie. We're talking about the post credit scene from the first movie. Uh-huh. We saw him jumping multiverses for the first time. Yes. And he's recruiting people. That's my headcanon. He's recruiting people at that time because we don't truly know. And I believe that as he was recruiting people for that last year, that he was recruiting people only with the same mentality as him. So these are variants of Peter Parker, variants of spider people that have the mentality that Yes, even one person is better than a group or better than everyone. Yeah. And I think that fits within it because if you think about it, there's an infinite number of spider people. Yeah. So it makes sense that this group, the secret society that only a few people, if you are invited to, would have the same mentality as you. And I think that's also why Miguel O'Hara was very hesitant on even bringing Gwen Stacy in yeah. to the secret society. And it could also be like the idea of um, like the timing of the recruitment. Like it could be right when they were grieving, you know, or like right when they were like, you know, hurting or something like something happened where they're like, Hey, we're trying to stop bad things, but we still have to keep everything moving forward and then you know like right where like almost like you manipulate like unintentional maybe intentionally manipulate someone's grief and upset yeah. and like like gwen just like her dad her and her relationship with her dad was just crushed so she let those influences swayed her view you know exactly and so that timing of that recruitment too because like miguel o'hara knew 
so much about all the timeline and order of what spider people had to go through. So he could have been like, oh, they got in a fight with some loved one. Now would be a great time to manipulate, you know, and tell them just yeah. enough to get them hooked and then tell them more later when they're already kind of in it, you know? I don't know. I mean, that that and gives think, a darker twist to it, but... You I think know. we'll get some more in the next movie. I think we're going to get some more background on Spider-Man 299, mm-hmm. on the creation of the Secret Spider Society, because it makes sense yeah. that we wouldn't get it in this movie, because this is the Emperor Strikes Back of yeah. the Spider-Verse. Like, this is... Let's set up the world building... Let's end it on a cliffhanger. Let's give you more character arc, but we're going to establish more in the next movie. We're going to explain some stuff in the next movie. Yeah. Um, and so with Miguel O'Hara, I'm excited to see Oscar Isaac again oh, as yes. a prominent role. Yeah. And to see more of his background because I guarantee we're going to. But when it comes to the Secret Spider Society, I do think that they all had the same mentality. But I think you're right. I will also. I will also mention, I think this movie clears up a plot hole that Sony made in Morbius. I never saw Morbius, so what plot hole I are never you did either, about? but I also know Adrian Toomes, so Michael Keaton's vulture from the MCU, yes, was in it, is in Morbius. Yes. This movie, I think, establishes a canon reason for that, and that is they, they establish in this that... <laughs> They name dropped the MCU. They said Doctor Strange and that nerd yes. broke things. I love. They also that. established. They also established canon events of Spider-Man are breaking things, mm-hmm. and due to both of these events, incursions are happening where random people from different multiverses are randomly being taken up and dropped into uh, others. Take the Vulture in the first part of this movie. The Vulture is from the Da Vinci place. Yeah, and he just randomly he dropped yeah. in. Yeah just randomly dropped into Gwen Stacy's universe. And so I think this clears up a plot point of why the MCU vulture is now in the Sony universe. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see if they're going to do anything with that. If they're going to make it an incursion or if they're going to let him just stay there or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably end up fixing it or already did fix it because that's what the whole like secret society was doing. Like they were fixing all of those problems and those incursions, um, which is another cool cameo that they brought in, which was Charles Gambino um, in yes. there as Aaron Davis from the MCU from Spider-Man homecoming, which was cool. Cause we just saw him getting, you know, grocery shopping when we saw him in the MCU. And, but you knew like, Oh, that's miles Morales's uncle. That's the prowler. Like, that's so cool. And you actually got to see him like partially in the suit, which was like, oh, that's so cool. Like he's in the suit. Like yeah. that's awesome. So I thought that was really dope. Um, something though, I was going to say that my mind just went blank on. I remember um, some of the complaints I had. So I had two little complaints, um, but otherwise perfect film. I'll say three because I kind of agree with yours. Um, not kind of. I do agree with yours. But my other two was one. Um, there were really cool moments where like, uh, Holden or whatever his name is, Holgan or, uh, spider punk, um, is British and he would use British sayings, which I loved. Um, and every now and again, when he would say a British saying in the bottom right or in like 
top parts of yeah. the screen, it would say, this is what that British saying means, you know, like, like a classic comic book pop up, you know, but they were so fast in the movie. I couldn't read the entire sentence, like the entire Agreed. definition or there'd be like little like um, other things like that, you know, like little explanations of things or like things or like they Miguel O'Hara said a thing about um, the Da Vinci vulture when they were fighting him and it said like, oh, he's got this type of tech and it said what that meant and I couldn't finish reading it. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Like I wanted to, I was curious about that. Like I'm, I would be the guy that if I was watching this at home, I would pause it and read the entire thing and then continue watching the movie. Like yeah. I, cause I want to know those things, you know? And so that was a little bit of a bummer, but again, very minute problem I had with that. Um, another problem I had and I don't, and I've, I think it's from like theater to theater. So I, I might change when I go and see it a second time. Cause I'm going to a different theater next time. Um, my theater, the whole intro, like monologue or not monologue, soliloquy from Gwen Stacy when she was drumming, um, the drums and background music was so loud that I couldn't hear what she was saying. And I don't know if that was just the speakers in my theater because I, I was kind of talking with you about it and you said that you heard her fine. And so I think it might have been my, my theater but that was a really bummer because I really wanted to hear what she was saying. And I really wanted, like, I was got annoyed. I was like, I can't hear what you're saying. Like, I'm catching, like, every seventh word or something or fifth word. And so I'm like, this is annoying. Um, but that was a little, a tiny little knock. But it was just on that beginning part. And it was a little bit at the very end. So it was literally just on those two parts. Besides those two, like, total of five minutes in this movie, every oh, the sound editing was perfect in it. But... Yeah, those are my tiny little complaints. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it probably was the theater, but I've also been hearing a lot of people like complaining about it. So on Twitter, that's one of the number one complaints about this movie. Nothing about the plot, nothing about yeah. the story, well, but always plot, about the story. sound. Yeah. Um, so hopefully things are fixed and I'm excited to for it to finally be on dvd or like streaming and things like that because i'm the same way i want to like pause things and read them yeah because that's really interesting yeah and like there's like i already know i missed little like like splash pow moments and i want to rewatch it and like catch those moments you know yeah so yeah like it's just it's so good and i'm excited for what they're doing next and i'm excited for what they're gonna bring in a year like we have less than a year and beyond the spider-verse will be here you know yeah and i think it's supposed to be the last one i don't think they're planning on making another which i think is perfect so i think too often movies and shows go too far and they're like we were making money let's keep going you know and i think that's like like i love the fast and furious movies like i will go and see fast and furious movies forever but i do appreciate and love when a franchise says this is enough so I love that they're going a trilogy and it's a great story for this trilogy and then they're going to end it. I think, I think our generation, this is hot take, very random, but I think our generation does not know how to take endings. Yeah. Uh, we are so ingrained that things just continue forever. Mm-hmm. So Fast and Furious, MCU, DC, whatever, like a lot of these franchises, Mission Impossible, um, 
they just don't end. Yeah. There's always going to be another. Indiana Jones is getting another movie. This is finally Star the last Wars one. Star Wars keeps going. This is finally the last Indiana. Yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's because like our generation, we grew up on the TV shows that weren't until they just got canceled. Like yeah. I'm thinking like NCIS, um, those type of shows. And like yeah. NCIS is great and it's still going on surprisingly. But a lot of those shows like went on until until they just got canceled because of just viewership drop. And so, and I think because of that, like endings don't, we don't get endings because things just kept going. And so those movies that are now been coming out, were like, don't end it. Keep going, keep going. But I'm like, no, I love a good conclusion. Like a good conclusion, like makes a movie. So yeah. And so with that, we have to end at one point. Speaking of so, conclusions. <laughs> so those are our initial thoughts on Across the Spider-Verse. Let us know. Um, DM us. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on uh, Google and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a comment. Tell us your thoughts on this. These are just our initial, initial thoughts. And I guarantee within this year of us getting to be on the Spider-Verse, we're going to find some other things. We're going to have some new themes that emerge and new things that we love about this movie. Maybe some things we hate. We would love to hear your thoughts. And so uh, as a reminder, we do uh, try to release episodes every Monday. Life gets busy. Life does get busy. And I know it gets busy for you guys as well. Uh, So we try to release every Monday. So catch us next time because we're going to talk about anything and everything geek related because you know it's all geek to me